You're listening to The Lucid Entrepreneur. My name is Rene Bos and I'm your podcast host. In full disclosure, I'm here to share with you through this podcast what's going on behind the scenes and behind the curtains of a Dutch entrepreneur living in Bali, trying to live a life with meaning and purpose. I'll be sharing with you the good, the bad and the ugly, all for your own learning and inspiration. Enjoy listening and please subscribe to receive my weekly new episodes. All right, so here we go on episode number one. I feel excited about this. I also feel a little nervous and yeah, just really curious to see what's going to come out of this. So as you've heard in my first episode, my little intro is, um, is already a couple of things. And, and one of the things that I shared is that my life already started like a movie. I was five days old as a baby and then I was kidnapped. I was kidnapped by a woman who really wanted to have children of herself, but she couldn't. I don't really know the exact details, but she wanted to have a baby and she couldn't. So back in the day in 1988, when I was born, hospitals were not really as secure as they are today. So this woman just went to the hospital and she went inside in the room where all the babies were. And then she saw me and she put me in a bag and brought her home. That's basically the the story. Um, So I was away for 11 days and uh, I was, I was the hot, topic in the news for those 11 days in the Netherlands. Where is baby Rene? And um, yeah, I still remember my parents when I was getting a bit older, like in my, my, I don't know, like 10 or 12 or when I came to a bit more understanding, maybe a bit younger, maybe eight. My parents would show me these boxes, like literally boxes filled with newspapers and with cards from people in the Netherlands who yeah because I was returned right I was returned after 11 days and people were so happy throughout the country that they sent in postal cards and they sent gifts and they sent all kinds of things to my parents to celebrate with them that I was returned so they showed this to me and they showed me all the all the footage and all the news the news episodes on TV and yeah, really showing how all of the Netherlands was following my story and hoping that I would be returned any day, any day after they took me. So yeah, this has been um, an interesting start of my life. And to be, to be really honest with you, I don't really think that I, I don't remember anything from this. Of course, I was only a few days old, but Um, going in my journey especially in my more spiritual journey I've talked with a lot of mentors and experts and yeah they told me that the first two weeks of a baby is the most important time for a baby to yeah to to bond with with his or her mother and I only had five days to bond with mine and then I was with another woman so call it assumptions or not Um, But I I definitely feel that I've had a very big crack in my relationship with my uh, with my mother, especially there was a lot of there was a lot of distance, there was a lot of frustration and there was a lot of controlling that I experienced from her and yeah, her being really over over overprotective and I, I can't blame her, of course, 
because this is a really traumatizing experience for for any parent and, and also for my father to experience but um yeah as a, as a teenager growing up i was the one that had huge trouble coming back home late i'm also an only child so you know, I, I can totally understand, but it doesn't take away that me experiencing my teenage years through that really felt like I had to fight for my freedom. And I really felt like a, a lion ca caged that wasn't allowed to leave and wasn't allowed to have his own opinion and make his own decisions. And yeah, that has been, has been challenging growing up. So that was the start of my, uh, of my life. And yeah, just to come back to the reason I started this podcast is over these past five years when I started my spiritual journey, I feel like I really started getting to know myself and I really started to see these patterns and see how I was raised and how I, how I grew up and the relationship with my parents and yeah, there's just so many topics to share about and, and that's the reason why I'm starting this podcast and that's why i want to share more vulnerably and open with you because i feel that i've learned so many things about myself and i know that you all you know we're all unique in our own beautiful ways but i also see that we have a lot of similarities and we might have or we we don't, not only might have we have very similar topics running in our lives when it comes to family and relationships and love and how we show up in life and our fears and our shames and I've also gone through all those things so by me sharing my experiences and this is and this also comes up in my human design yes I've gone very deep into the spiritual rabbit hole <laughs> um, but one of the things that came up is Renee share more about what you experienced in the past and what you experienced in life because this is what gives people hope this is what inspires people so I'm I'm now on a on a mission here with this podcast sharing with you even though it feels vulnerable and scary as you know I think I have to set this channel to explicit because I also want to be able to say fuck <laughs> and I am, I am now. So this is my first explicit episode, but yeah, it feels scary as fuck to, to share really deeply and you'll, you'll get to know me quite a bit as well through this podcast. And um, yeah, this is really exciting. So yeah, so starting my life as a baby being kidnapped and growing up with distance in the family I actually ran away from home when I was 18 I ran away because I felt that there was so much friction between my mother and me that I thought I was gonna hurt her I really couldn't bear being at home anymore because there were so many arguments I was being told so many times how wrong I was how how I made wrong decisions, how I was living my life wrong, how I was enjoying my life too much, I was spending too much money. There was so much criticism that I really didn't feel free to live my own life. Um, so at 18, I decided to run away from home and um, got myself, well, it took me a little while to get some accommodation to stay. So I slept over at friends. I even slept in the office of my work but to be really honest i felt free as ever i was i remember like wow of course i felt sad like yeah th that's not a very loving 
and calm way to leave the house of your parents where you've been living with for your entire life. But it felt like, wow, I'm finally free. And I think that feeling was stronger than the feeling of sadness. So that's how I <laughs> that's how I started my teenage years. Yeah, and as I shared in the intro of my story, in the first episode, I got myself a job in IT, which I really loved. I loved everything around the tech and the nerdiness and, and computers and devices and gadgets. And yeah, it really, really was a great fit for me. And I, I love to learn and I really figured or not figured, I really experienced how this was a very unique combination also with the person that I that I am. Being social, being outgoing, being super, like I love to learn and combined with a very technical, systematic, process-based kind of work where there's analytical thinking and binary coding and yeah, I really felt like this was a, a challenge for me and I loved, I loved challenges already. So landed myself a job in IT, I switched I switched jobs every three years because I just felt like, hey, I'm, I'm finished growing here. I've reached the top, right? I wasn't a CEO or anything, but in terms of how much I was challenged in my work environment, I felt like I hit my peaks. And if I did that, it felt like, yeah, I'm, I'm stuck. And maybe it kind of felt like me leaving the home of my parents, like I'm stuck. I cannot grow. I'm not free to do the things I really want to do. So then I would quit my job and move on to the next one. And that put me in a very unique position because so many people, and maybe especially in IT, at least that's what I see, is people stay in their jobs for such a long time, 10 years, 15 years. And even though I've been in IT for 15 years, I did switch jobs every three years. And um, five years ago, when I started my spiritual journey was actually the moment when I was in Peru and I drank ayahuasca for the first time. <laughs> and uh, the only thing I could think, also being in Peru, being in a place where there is no comfort, there's no luxuries, there's just a roof above your head, food from the market. You don't even have a refrigerator, right? It's just such a simple life. And I could only see the locals, the local Peruvian people with the smiles on their faces and I could see that they were happy. And I'm like, wow, these people have nothing, quote unquote, compared to the people back home in the Netherlands. But they seem happy. And the only thing that I could see back home was people rushing on their bicycles, being in traffic jams, complaining about the weather, complaining about their jobs, being stressed. And I'm like, wow, what are we doing? And then combined with doing medicine work, which I'm very passionate about, by the way, that could be a whole other podcast episode. Um, but yeah, it woke me up. It, it's like, what am, what am I doing? What am I doing back home? So after my trip to Peru, I went back home to the Netherlands and I handed in my resignation letter for the company I was working for. And I had a dream job. I was fly, at least I thought I had a dream job. I was flying around the world, throughout Europe mostly, around the world, well, it's an <laughs> exaggeration, but I was flying like basically every country in Europe every week doing projects and I was working for VMware at the time for the people that are a bit more familiar in the IT industry here 
And um, yeah, I had an amazing job. I was being flown out, everything was paid for. I was staying in five-star hotels. I could eat and drink whatever I want. I was received on the client side with open arms and with lots of respect because the company had a, a great reputation. And um, yeah, and I was there and I had a great salary. I was earning like so much, especially for my age because I was 25, I think at the time. So I really thought I had it all. I really thought I had it all. The, the salaries, the great, the beautiful car, the, the, the beautiful house and, you know, flying out in the airplane every week. And then in the weekends I would party and I would drink and I would use drugs in the weekends. And yeah, I really thought like, wow, this is a, a rock star life, which I guess it was because it was also very unhealthy. And um, yeah, also traveling by yourself for work. You know, you're having dinner every evening from Monday to Friday by yourself. You are put with a bunch of people. And, and don't get me wrong, I've had, I worked for really amazing companies and really amazing customers and teams as well. But you're there by yourself and you're, you're not really part of the team most of the time. So yeah, having dinner by yourself in the evening and then you have a glass of wine because it's also not so comfortable. I also wasn't really aware and not really into any personal development. So I wasn't really yeah, aware of what I was doing, but I was just numbing myself and drinking and trying to feel comfortable with myself. And, and that's also, I'm touching here on a, on a thing that I'm still working on, like being with myself, being alone, being able to be with myself. And that was really hard as I was a lot with myself when I was traveling for work. So yeah, fast forward, Peru, ayahuasca, I woke up, I'm like, what am I doing? So I, I, I handed in my resignation letter, letting go of the dream job that I thought was a dream job, but was actually keeping me from yeah, living a life of richness and, and maybe even living a life because when you're on the road most of the week, then it's impossible to have a relationship, both friendship and romantically. So. Yeah, I felt super empowered handing in my resignation letter and freaking scared. Um, I traded this beautiful job to start working as a freelancer. So I was still going to be doing the same kind of work, but for double the pay and I would be my own boss. So I saw this beautiful future of myself with a lot of freedom, more money. I already had some sort of exit strategy where I would buy apartments and I could quit my job sooner. Uh, but I was also still really enjoying work. But what actually ended up happening is I, yeah, I, I started traveling. Um, I was together with my partner back then. And she was already very spiritual. So she kind of got me onto the spiritual wagon. And I worked for three months as a freelancer. And then I ended up going to Thailand. And I started studying Tantra. And I started doing these Tantra workshops, which, full disclosure, are not only about sex. Sexuality, yes, we're speaking about sexuality. We're speaking about sexual energy. Uh, we're talking about lovemaking, that's all part of Tantra as well. But for me, and I keep giving different answers to people when it comes to Tantra and sexuality, but mostly Tantra, it's like, for me, it's like being fully expressed in your, in your desires and needs and boundaries and what you want in life and not, and daring to say yes and no, 
and to be fully expressed in the way that you show yourself in the world daily and, and, and at work and with friends and how you show up in a relationship and how do you deal with conflict and it's so broad people it's like for me tantra is univer the university of life and there's so many uncomfortable things about it but i think that's that is what tantra is about as well like how do you deal with talking about uncomfortable topics how do you deal with how do you actually stay present in uncomfortable situations are you going to run away or are you going to confront them? And that's something that I got to learn throughout huh, my Tantra and personal development journey. So we're really shooting in different areas here. But I want to give you some sense of all the things that I've been doing in the past. This is, this is basically all past five years. It's been a vortex of growth. <laughs> and it's been amazing. Um, yeah, and, and I'm not saying that I am, um, that I'm there now, that I feel like I've overcome all my challenges and all my fears and all my shames. There's still things to work on, like I, I shared before, like I still have moments when I feel super lonely. Um, as I'm recording this, um, this episode, I am living in an apartment in Utrecht in the Netherlands. I decided to be here for the summer to connect back with my family and I'm here by myself. I'm working remote, I'm doing everything online for my work and I'm by myself and it's very difficult at times. I see how I'm distracting myself with work, with reading, with journaling, with creating content or calling a friend or just leaving the house and visiting people. But to really sit with myself, it's a process. It's so uncomfortable and yeah, I'm just moving through, I'm just moving through that. Yeah, maybe one thing in that area that I would like to share is since one and a half year, I think, a year and a half, I have started working with a psychotherapist on a weekly basis. And right now I'm even working twice a week with, with my therapist, one-on-one -on -one and also in a group. And it is mind-blowing. It helped me grow so much and it helps me to see all these patterns and all these habits that I have. And it shows me my blind spots and... Yeah, and just having someone truly care for me and to be to be to be in my life and to ask me about, hey, remember you told me this last month? How's it going with that? Right. So th that really shows me what a healthy relationship can be like. And I think it already trans. I don't only think I know it transformed the way that I can be with myself, and it transformed the way that I am in friendships and it also transformed me in a way in romantic relationships so yeah that has been super beneficial as well working with a therapist so i see that i've already been sharing for a little bit um what i what i would like to do in each of these episodes is i'm writing down three topics that i want to um, that i want to share about and yeah i already shared quite a bit about my kidnapping and about relationship with my mother and trying to break free and then starting to work in IT and yeah just a little recap of what I've been going through which is quite a lot and yeah the last thing that I would like to share is my heart and I think wow this is really beautiful so what is happening in this in this point when I'm sharing with you my heart um, tears are welling up in my eyes 
yeah i think already as a young boy i was already very much in touch with my emotions and specifically with sadness if i would be sad then tears would come and i would i would cry very easily and yeah i think that's something that i have judged for quite a long time and also have been judged for um, i have been hearing things like boys don't cry and uh, stop crying because you're you're a pussy or uh, you're not a man if you're crying dry your eyes it's enough boys don't cry so i think and and i'm you know i'm perfectly fine now like i am really able to express my sadness in front of a group that's also something that tantra and personal development has helped me do like really being fully in my emotion and not giving any fucks for what people think of me because this is my expression and this is what i'm going through so yeah my heart my heart is a very special place <laughs> um i think when it comes to love i have been able for my entire life to love very much to love a lot to be able to love in very beautiful ways and to really open up my heart fully and like fully to someone maybe even too much where this is even something that could be considered a bit overwhelming like there's so much love that i give that people are not are not used to it uh, so that's been a journey especially when it comes to relationships and um I think I was 14 or 16 and I was already so excited about having a girlfriend. <laughs> I'm like, I want to have a girlfriend. I want to have a girlfriend. And I fell in love with many girls. Um, I don't want to say every girl, but nearly every girl in my classroom I was in love with. And um, <laughs> I remember a moment, I think I must have been 14 or 15, that um, there were maybe four or five girls that I was really yeah really into i can't remember if it was really in love but i was really fond of them and um, i remember writing a little love note for each of each and every each of them and i would i would i would hide that love letter somewhere i don't remember how i did it exactly but the the, the little love notes ended up with the girls that i liked and they would read it and they would look back in the classroom and they would smile at me and I would feel happy. I'm like, oh, maybe I'll have a girlfriend soon. <laughs> I was already cold calling. See, I was already doing some lead generation at a very young age. <laughs> and um, of course, these girls found out that each, each one of them received a love note. And uh, yeah, that became a drama. Like, oh, Renee, you gave a note to every one of us. You can't do that. Like, it's crazy. And yeah, I think I was just so desperate to have a girlfriend that I tried to do everything that I could. And um, yeah, growing up, being older, then of course having like having someone that I would be more into and not handing love notes to everyone in the classroom, but just one. <laughs> and then there were girls and they would be like, yeah, Renee, you're nice, but you're too sweet, right? I was trying too hard is what they were trying to say. And I see that now, but back then I was just so... Yeah, I would do everything for them. I would be the, the, the romantic. I would buy them flowers. I would buy them gifts. I would do anything to, for them. I would come over to them. I would drive an hour to go see them, right? I was really 
pleasing, I guess, a form of pleasing, hoping that they would see how amazing I was and that I would have a girlfriend. So um, yeah, I think I was 18 when I had my first real girlfriend. And with real girlfriend, I mean that I was together with a girl. We were both in love with each other. We would see each other every weekend. And that was also the first time that I ended up having sex, like full-blown sex with, with a girl. And it was amazing. Um, but yeah, I think w one of the things that I found out not too long ago, and that's also through therapy, is that I've never felt good enough without a girlfriend. Just me being on my own, by myself, was never good enough. Mm. I needed to have a girlfriend. I needed to have a woman by my side to feel worthy and to feel complete. And yeah, that's, that's a topic that's very alive for me right now. So that's something that I'm working on right now. Just being f like fulfilled with myself. And that feels really good. Like I don't need to have a partner or a girlfriend. Um, because I feel full, like with myself, I feel full just being with me. So that is a beautiful journey that I'm going on. But to go a little bit deeper, because again, I want to have full disclosure here. I want to share so much with you. Um, and I feel that there's a little bit more space to share, but yeah, I've had over 30 relationships, people over 30 and and i'm also counting the ones that were like two months three months maybe not super super serious i want to marry you have babies with you and and that sort of thing but i've had over 30 relationships um and and that stems back to what i just shared like i needed to have a girlfriend otherwise i would feel like a loser or i would feel not good enough or yeah i just i just needed to have a girlfriend and I couldn't be alone with myself. Again, that's what I shared before as well. Like I, I hated being alone, so uncomfortable. So I would rather just have a girlfriend. And funnily enough, I would rather just have a girl, have a girlfriend so that I don't have to be alone. Instead of what I see as more of a healthy approach. Like, wow, I have such a full and rich life. I'm so happy. Wow, there's a woman. Well, she's nice, but I think we should better be friends. Uh, wow, here's a woman. Wow, she is she is something else. Wow, she is such a great addition. She she you know, she mirrors me, we level, she's amazing. Wow, I have such a rich life. Wow, she has such a rich life. Let's bring let's bring these lives together. Right? That's a whole different way of approaching than I cannot be alone. I'm so lonely. Wow, that's a nice girl. She's not she's not the type of girl I would usually go to, but it's better than being alone. Right, so that's maybe a little bit exaggerated, but it's also the truth. That is how I approached my relationships, especially in the beginning. So yeah, another thing about relationships is that um, cheating was something that was very, didn't happen in every relationship. Thankfully, not all those 30, but definitely in four or five of those relationships, as well as my first relationship, I ended up cheating. Yeah, I ended up cheating. Well, this also can be a whole separate podcast episode, but I ended up cheating because I, yeah, I just wasn't, I think, first of all, I just didn't know what commitment was. So, 
having a girlfriend, which means commitment, not knowing what commitment is and also not knowing what it does to someone when you cheat on them. I just wasn't aware. Of course, I could tell like, oh yeah, they'll be sad. But sad is really an understatement of the impact that people feel when you cheat on them. Um, but what I would do, let, let's say that I, I did that in five relationships. In four of those relationships, I would just break up with them so I didn't have to tell them. I could not bear the thought of telling them that that happened. Conflict is one of the things that I run away from. I hate conflict. I don't like conflict with people. So I would rather come up with some shit story or run away than confess and, and share something with someone that I know is going to trigger them, is going to make them angry or sad or is going to somehow negatively impact them. I, I just don't want to be confronted with it. So yeah, I, I ended up hiding that in those four relationships um, and full disclosure I have had the conversation with them afterwards um, so I did confront them with it but it was in my relationship with the woman that introduced me into spirituality that I actually really witnessed and really felt the impact of what it meant for for my partner or what it what it meant by me cheating uh, cheating with my partner. How do you say that? Like that I cheated on my partner. Um, and it's, it's not pretty. It's not pretty. And I told myself I will never ever do this again. And it came from such an embodied place where I, I held it. I, I kept it from her for a year before I could tell her. And the lie, I wanted to confess it to her so many times. She gave me so many opportunities to share. So many moments and I know she must have felt that because, you know, and I, and I actually also think that women, for the women out there and for the men out there, it's good to know, the women, all women out there, you all have these little satellite dishes, these radar systems, and you just know when something is off. You just know when something is wrong. You know it when we are lying. You know that when we're not telling the full truth. <laughs> you just know. So also knowing that don't hide stuff don't pretend because they will know anyway right so better just confront them better just share authentically because it's gonna save you both a lot of pain a lot of heartache and a lot of a lot of trouble and struggle yeah so i kept it for from her for a year there were many moments when we would sit down on the couch and she would say renee like is there anything you want to like share with me or is there anything that happened or literally like if anything happened even if you like if something happened with another girl, I think at some point she did say that. And I looked her in the eye and I, and, and I wanted to. It was on the, on the tip of my tongue. I wanted to share it, but I, I couldn't. I couldn't. And you know why? Because I was so afraid to lose her. And ironically enough, by me keeping it from her, for, especially for such a long time, it made me lose her. Because in the end, she also shared like, hey, you know, the whole cheating thing is not really the, the issue. The issue is that you were not honest with me and that you lied and that you didn't tell me. So that was even more painful. It's like, oh my God, like if I would have told her then maybe we would have still be together, right? But that's all, that's all easy in hindsight and we would never have known what it would have been like. Um, but yeah, that has been quite the journey and um, I just came out of a very beautiful relationship uh, in Bali with my American 
girlfriend who I still love dearly. Uh, we've been together for two and a half years, I think, nearly three. And that was one of my most beautiful relationships that I've ever, ever had. And honestly, before I had that relationship, I thought maybe this whole relationship thing is not for me. Maybe I should just be open and be single and maybe even have an open relationship. Maybe this whole commitment thing is not for me. And then I met my ex-partner from Buffalo, New York. <laughs> And yeah, I fell head over heels and after three days, I already knew that she was the one. I wanted to be with her and we were together and we lived in Bali, we moved in together, we had three cats together, we shared a life, we were both entrepreneurs and yeah, I, I just couldn't imagine a better life ever. And it was such, such a healthy relationship. We barely had any fights. We were so sweet and considerate. We were both spiritual and we both did a lot of personal development. So it was just, you know, it was easy to navigate that relationship. And I think the word easy never existed in my, in my dictionary when it comes to relationships. I thought that relationships were difficult, hard, impossible. Um, yeah feeling like being imprisoned and being in a cage and drama and that was my definition of a relationship and yeah that relationship really made me change my perspective on relationships and yeah i'm very grateful for it so yeah together happy super happy both of us very much in love even after two and a half years like i really felt i can be with this woman for the rest of my life and she felt the same with me. And we were already sort of joking to get married. And I even bought an engagement ring for her. And this is only one year ago, I think, maybe less, as I'm recording this podcast. So yeah, lots has changed in the, in the meantime. Because what ended up happening is um, I became very much aware and clear on the fact that I wanted to become a father. I wanted to become a daddy. And from the start of this relationship, she was pretty transparent and clear about it. Like, hey, I, I am pretty much a no to children. Is that okay with you? And I said yes to that. Um, also because I wasn't really sure. I, was, I wasn't sure, but I al I've always known that I wanted to be a daddy. Already as a child, I loved other children. I loved the thought of having children. And, but I was, I was in love with her and I thought, you know, let's, let's see where this goes. And, and I, I would have had a very beautiful, we had, and we would have had a very free, beautiful life with lots of travel and freedom and financial abundance. It's all everything that we had as well. But in those nearly three years, every year it became more and more clear to me that I really wanted that. And it became more and more clear for her that she didn't. And that drove us apart at some point where I'm like, yeah, I really want, I really want that. And I want it in the next, you know, three to five years. So if, if this doesn't work with you, and if you're really clear on this, then I think we should break up, which is what we did in January of this year, which is now eight months ago. And um, yeah, here we are today. So I've been single for eight months and being with myself and doing my therapy. So I really feel like I've, I've grown so much closer to myself and, and I started, or I even got to know myself even better. And yeah, I feel like now I am more open than ever for this year 
to meet someone and to yeah connect with another woman and being picky and making sure that I connect with a woman that shares that same kind of vision. Like I'm, I really see it as having had one of the best relationships of my life with my previous partner. And I want all of that that I shared with her and I want the family vision. So I, I'm, someone once told me that sometimes you say good, goodbye to something good to get something better. And that's exactly what I'm feeling with that previous relationship and what I'm opening myself up to right now where I'm opening myself up to meet someone incredible and someone that matches me perfectly and you know everything in harmony and then still of course I'm as some of you might know I've also offered relationship coaching because I've had so many relationships I've learned so many things I've made so many mistakes so I, I I've come from a position of yeah just an embodied experience so yeah, I feel that I am I'm ready. I'm ready for for that step and and that's one of the things that I want to also include all of you in, right? This podcast is not only about what I'm doing in my business and and being an entrepreneur and the struggles and the things that are not going perfectly fine. Um, but also around my life, my daily life, my the connection with my family, with my friends, the mistakes that I make romantic relationships this whole thing about becoming a father um, it's a topic that I love talking about with others and also now me sharing this with you so hmm so many things so many things that I am sharing with you now hmm. <laughs> as we are nearing the 40 minute mark which I thought was gonna be the perfect length of um, of sessions and some of them might be shorter some of them might be longer i think this is a beautiful moment to wrap up it felt amazing to share with you i um i started with the thought of i hope no one's listening but of course i'm sharing this to inspire and to yeah give people a peek in my life and i hope that things resonate with you or that there's things that you feel yeah, related to, that you feel relatable to things that I'm sharing. And again, I'm only sharing this to, to inspire you and to give you a peek in my, in my kitchen, so to say. And I'll be sharing every week with you on, on things that are going on in my life. There's, even now I'm like, I can do this for another couple hours, which is a good sign, right? There's just a lot of things to share. So um, thank you for tuning in i would love it if you would if you could subscribe to my uh, to my channel whether you're listening on itunes or spotify i would love it if you could share it as well with any friends that you feel like wow this has been amazing listen to this podcast it's going to be inspiring for you as well and yeah thank you and i'll see you on the next one